0: Welcome. This is Jason Campbell. uh, I'm excited to do this podcast. Uh, I've been fighting cancer for almost four years. I'll just give you a little bit of background. I majored in chemistry in undergrad. I actually applied to dental school and got in early. That's a thing that can happen if you get a high enough score on the entrance exam. And I still had two chemistry classes left, analytical chemistry and P chemistry. And they weren't, they were taught back to back. So that would have been a year that I would have to wait. So I chose to go to dental school early without my undergrad. So my wife and I like to joke that she's got an undergrad and I don't. I did get my doctorate of dental surgery degree from West Virginia University. And, uh, let me just tell you how I was diagnosed. So I practiced dentistry for almost 15 years, pretty healthy guy, um, played college football and, uh, stayed in relatively good shape. I was actually having pain in my neck for several months and I thought it was from being a dentist, just having pain in the back of my neck. And and at the time I was 44 years old and uh, cancer never even crossed my mind. Um, I thought I had neck problems, neck issues, went to the chiropractor, those kinds of things. And I decided one day I was out jogging and I jogged about half a mile and all of a sudden my vision went crazy. Everything was double and it was permanent. I couldn't, no matter how many times I closed and tried to open my eyes, it was double vision. And I had to close one eye in order to jog home. And when I got home, I called my wife and I said, hey, we gotta go to the emergency room. Something's really wrong here. And when we went to the emergency room, course I was praying. I'm a man of faith. I'll give you more on my background in a minute, but we go to the emergency room and they do an MRI or CT. Honestly, I don't know which it was. I think it was probably, it was a CT scan and uh, with contrast. And when the doctor came in to talk with us, he said uh, that it didn't look good. It looked bad. They actually did another scan from a different angle and he came in and it's very interesting Um, I don't know if the radiologist said it or if he said it, but they diagnosed it as a chordoma, which is really unique. I've never seen a doctor from a scan diagnosing a cancer, but he said you have a very large tumor, two inches by three inches at your skull base, and it's entering your brainstem. And this is bad. And he said, we we think it's a chordoma. Chordoma is a tumor that starts usually in, uh, nerve spinal tissue. And, uh, so we were praying like crazy, trying to figure out what to do. And we had learned to look for other doctors because of some previous, um, experiences in our lives with our son and some medical problems he had. So we began researching and my pain didn't get any better. I was still hurting a lot. My vision was terrible. And we came across, and this is all, you know, immediately we started looking at this stuff. And uh, let me go back to when we were diagnosed. The doctor said that it was definitely malignant. Now, my wife, bless her heart, because of the stress of everything, she didn't understand malignant at that moment. So she didn't realize I had cancer. I did. As soon as you said that, it hit me like a ton of bricks as you can imagine, or those of you that have gone through it. And uh, she said, okay, yeah, we can deal with this. And I said, honey, he he just said, I have cancer. She was like, no way. It's hard. She's a mom of five kids. It's tough. So we found these doctors in Pittsburgh, um, Dr. Gardner and Dr. Schneiderman, who do transnasal surgery where they go through your nose and they cut back to your skull base to remove tumors like this, Cordoma specifically, fantastic doctors. So we met with the neurosurgeon here in Utah and he said, none of the doctors in Utah will touch me. None of them will do surgery. And of course we were praying about what to do and we hadn't mentioned him, that we'd done all this research and found Paul Gardner and, and Schneiderman in, in Pittsburgh at UPMC. And he said, I recommend you go see Gardner at UPMC in Pittsburgh and wow, that hit me really hard. Yeah, that's what we got to do. So we, um, and it felt right. And that's an important point as we go through this. It's very important when you're battling cancer that you, you research, you pray, and then you listen to what God says to you. And if it feels right, And that's what you need to do. And it definitely felt right. It felt peaceful. So my wife miraculously was able to get me to Pittsburgh and I'll continue with that story in just a minute. Um, Just a little history about myself. I grew up in Utah. I'm a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. In fact, my parents, their wedding ceremony was officiated by the prophet or the president of the church at the time, Spencer W. Kimball. I'll give you more insight on that in a later episode. And I was raised uh, with with the Bible and with good Christian teachings. It always hurts me when uh, some other religions or other pastors and preachers claim that we're not Christians or that we believe in a different Jesus. Well. If you believe in the King James version of the Bible that Jesus Christ was born in Bethlehem to a virgin mother, Mary, that he had a miraculous birth, that at age 12, he went to the temple and taught the rabbis there, that he later was baptized by his second cousin, John, and that he, when he was baptized, God the Father spoke from heaven and said, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. And the spirit descended in the form of a dove. You have all three members of the Godhead right there. And John witnessed that, that Jesus went on to perform many miracles. He healed the sick, caused the lame to walk, the blind to see. And he even raised people from the dead. He had power over the elements. He stopped, calmed the seas. He walked on the water. And ultimately, he gave his life for us. He paid the price for our sins. He suffered in the Garden of Gethsemane. He suffered on the cross. He died for us. They couldn't take his life. He could have called down legions of angels and destroyed all of those hurting him. But instead, he gave his life for us because he knew it was necessary. Believe that on the third day he was resurrected and that he was seen by many, that he had his disciples there and that he ascended to heaven and asked us to share the good word with the world. So that's the Jesus I believe in. I believe in his power and his grace. And it hurts me when others say that I'm not a Christian without knowing my beliefs. But I was raised that way from a young child. I remember as a little boy reading Bible stories with my mom. I remember kneeling and praying together. We also have another book called the Book of Mormon. And I'll get into that in more detail if you'd like later. And you can email me or respond and ask questions, and I'll be glad to do that. Um, at, uh, as I went to and the Book of Mormon another testament of Jesus Christ. By the way, it's a wonderful book, and I invite you to read it and study it for yourself to find out. But my faith in Christ, as you can see, helped me as I began this horrible battle against cancer. When I was uh, 18 years old, I graduated from high school and I was invited by Lavelle Edwards, great coach at BYU, to walk on and play football at BYU. And I did. I made the team and eventually i lettered and played in every game in a season. Had a wonderful experience. I think that hard work uh, that it took to take a guy with, with nominal talent, be able to play on a football field in college with those great athletes Um, taught me how to persevere. I later served a mission. At 19, I left. Um, My girlfriend encouraged me to go and she wrote me every week and supported me. She later became my wife. And for two years, we wrote letters back and forth. I was called or assigned to Argentina. You don't get a pick where you go. I went to Cordoba, Argentina, I learned Spanish and I was gone for two years. And it was an amazing experience to not only serve people and help people in a country as poor and destitute as that was, but to also share the good news of Jesus Christ with people who really needed it, to see the light of the gospel come in their eyes and hope and faith. It was an incredible experience. I love those good people. It was hard. And it taught me perseverance. And I think that helped prepare me for the battle against cancer also. I learned to turn to the Lord and rely on the Lord. Just like it says in Proverbs 3, 5, trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not unto thine own understanding. In all thy ways, acknowledge him and he will direct thy paths. And that's what happened in our cancer fight. He did, in fact, direct our paths and he did guide us and he continues to direct our paths and guide us. I got treatment this last Monday when I'm recording this. This is Friday. And by the way, this is the first time I've ever done something like this. So after we got back. From meeting with the doctor in Utah, the neurosurgeon. We prayed and we confirmed that going uh, back East was the right thing to do, fly to Pittsburgh. Now let me explain that process a little bit. So we were gathering research as much as we could about different options, different doctors, getting opinions from competent medical professionals. As you'll understand in this podcast, I'm I'm a big advocate of healthy living, alternative treatments and other things but I'm also a big believer in modern medicine. I think the advances that are made can be a real blessing to us, but we have to find the right doctors and the right treatments. And so we decided seeing Gardner and Schneiderman in Pittsburgh was the right thing to do. Now at this point, I'm so sick that I'm throwing up. I've got major pain. My eyes are messed up. It's not looking good. And we met with a couple um, leaders from our church, you would call them pastors at another church and got their opinion. One was uh, a former doctor, retired doctor, and he, um, gave us great advice. I was worried about our insurance. My insurance only covers procedures in Utah. It doesn't cover procedures anywhere else in the country. And we just really felt it was the right thing to do. And he said, yes, go. And, um, I think it's important to go through this process. Sometimes we think we can just kneel down and pray and God will say, go do that. But we don't realize that God wants us to work and to learn for ourselves and rely on him for guidance. But we need to use our own intellect and our own brain to make decisions. They're so important. So we did. We researched and we found what we thought was the right decision to make. And then we went to the Lord and the prayer is different. The Prayer now was Heavenly Father, we trust in you, we love thee. We have researched and we have talked to competent medical doctors and we think and feel that the right thing to do is to go to Pittsburgh. And together my wife and I holding hands said this prayer. And then we said, is this the right thing to do? And we waited, and we focused on our feelings. And you know what we felt? We felt peace. Jesus is the Prince of Peace. If you feel peace, if you feel joy, if you feel light, that's from God. And we knew it was the right thing to do, despite the obstacles. Here I am, sick as a dog. How am I going to get to Pittsburgh? How are we gonna get my insurance to pay for this? I need this surgery. I don't even know these doctors. How do we even get it scheduled? All of that was hitting us, right? But we felt peace. That meant God authorized or encouraged us to do this, and he would be with us. He would knock down those barriers. He would help us accomplish what we needed to accomplish. We had his stamp of approval. Now, if we had felt bad, if we had felt darkness, if we had felt sick, if we'd felt unsettled, that's a totally different thing. That's not from God. That's saying, no, this isn't the right decision. Sometimes we feel nothing and we're confused and we need more information. We need to research more, but we definitely felt peace. So off we went. We go to Pittsburgh and we arrive I believe it was on a Friday, and I'm sorry. This is um, hard for me to remember all these details. It's hard to recount because it's painful, but also because it's foggy. But my wife got me on a plane. We flew there, and I remember I was sick on that plane. We barely made it, and we called, and we had gotten an appointment with Dr. Gardner, but it wasn't till the next Monday. So this is Friday, I believe, and. Um, He mentioned, if you get worse, if you get sicker, just come to the ER and we'll admit you. That was a huge blessing in disguise because we immediately went to the ER. I was sick and I was deteriorating quick. And my insurance had a clause that if you're out of state and you go to the emergency room and you get admitted, that they automatically begin paying for the claims. So that was a wonderful blessing. So. We go through the ER, they admit me immediately, Dr. Gardner sees me, he sees how in bad shape I am. And and then begins the process of getting all these tests done. The bill came to almost $200,000 and it was testing, they tested everything and then they did the surgery and they told us how difficult the surgery was gonna be and that it would be a lengthy surgery, probably five hours or more. that I'd get a catheter, which I wasn't super excited about. And and sometimes when you're in the medical profession or medical field, like I knew a lot of what was going on, probably more than I wanted to. And the night before, I remember doing recordings for each of our five kids and for my wife and my parents, thanking them and telling them I love them because that might've been the last time they would hear from me. But I did um, go in for surgery I was only under, I was only in there for two hours. And what had happened is when they got in there, they were able to get to the tumor and biopsy it. And it came back and it was not a chordoma. It was nasopharyngeal carcinoma, a squamous cell carcinoma, fast growing cancer that started in my nasopharynx, you know, right behind basically your nose cavity. And then it grew back towards my skull base. So that's what it was. And they, thank goodness, I think Dr. Schneiderman was inspired. He went ahead and removed 80% of the tumor. He couldn't get all of it because of its nature being right up against my brainstem and, and cranial nerves and all kinds of other things. He was able to remove a large portion of the tumor, which was a tremendous blessing. They don't do that with nasopharyngeal carcinoma. They do a biopsy by now it's nasopharyngeal, they send you off for radiation. But that's another blessing is he was able to get 80% of it out, which made my radiation and chemo so much easier. Well, at least the radiation part. Second thing that happened that was a miracle there is they tried to biopsy it. Now, because I'm in the medical profession, dental surgeon, I did a lot of dental surgery. I was not a great patient as far as tolerating incompetence. And they had a resident try to biopsy it. He was shoving this thing up my nose, trying to get back and get a piece of the tumor. And it hurt like a son of a gun. And I just refused. I knew as a patient, you have the right to refuse. And I said, no, I would rather have biopsy it in the surgery. If he had gotten that biopsy, they would not have done the surgery and they would not have removed 80% of it. So here we are in the middle of this fight, but the Lord was blessing us and guiding us. Now, friends, when you are faced with a tremendous trial like this, you can choose to turn to the Lord and have faith and pray and rely on him and trust him because, you know, he loves you and he knows all things and he does what is best for you in the long run. Or you can turn away. You can reject him. You can be angry. You can do the path on your own. I cannot imagine fighting this battle without faith in Jesus Christ, the great healer. I know that he has answered our prayers, that he has guided us, and that he has a plan for me and for everyone. We all have trials. We all have things to to do and to go through in this life. It gives us experience and prepares us for the next life, for heaven. And I am so grateful for this opportunity to share my story with you and things that we've done. I know it can be overwhelming. I know what it's like. I hope that my message of hope can help you. One of my great doctors, I just loved when we met with him the first time, he was so hopeful. Several other doctors had told me how bad my diagnosis was and how bad things were gonna be. Remember, I'm still battling this, and this has been almost four years since I was diagnosed. But he was so hopeful, and I think that's the attitude we need to have. There is hope. There is healing, and the Lord will help us through this. And I hope you'll be able to listen to my future podcast. By the way, if this becomes popular, if you would please like this or follow this, or I don't know how you do it. But whatever it does to generate income, we're going to donate that to cancer patients. All right. Take care. And remember, rely on the Lord. And I will talk to you at the next podcast.